Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we have our guest co-host, Tim Swartz. Thomas Ferrario is joining us for the first time on the Paracast. And he was associated with the late Ted Phillips. Now, a lot of you people will now rush to your Google and say, who was Ted Phillips? And they will find out that he's president of the Chicago Bears, but that's not the Ted Phillips we're talking about. The Ted Phillips we're talking about wasn't a billionaire, but he was somebody who was very well known in the UFO field for specializing in trace evidence, which is very important in accumulating evidence, but also focusing on a place called Marley Woods in the Midwest where weird stuff happens. Thomas Ferrario, how did you get acquainted with Ted Phillips? Not the football guy. Right, not the football guy. No, I was so lucky and fortunate to meet Ted. I was at the time working with Missouri MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, and with a great gentleman named Bruce Whitteman. And we were doing conferences, and Ted was always a speaker at the conference. And I was just so blown away by Ted's background history, his trace case, which he had over 4,000 physical trace landing site cases to his credit. I offered my services to him one time, not thinking for not in a million years that he would take me up on it. He said, well, what can you do for me? And at the time, I was working as an electrical engineer and electrician. And uh, he said, well, are you afraid of heights? And I said, no. Well, he said, let's get you out to Marley Woods, which we'll get into. I got out there and started initially running cameras, wires, electrical equipment, installing for Ted. And we became close friends. That's how I got hooked up with Ted. Now, let's look at your background very quickly, Tom. How did you get involved in looking into UFOs? I actually had some personal experiences in my own family and myself. I live in a very rural community. In that community, I will tell you that ufology and UFOs is a very serious subject. And people don't, you know, easily talk about this A little bit more common now, but back then, people didn't talk about the subject matter unless they really trusted somebody. And they knew the element of ridicule wouldn't be there. So once you get known in a community like that, you know that you're the go-to guy and people start seeking you out. And that brought on a very odd incident that I felt I owed it to these people to try to get some proper education or procedure under my belt. And here again, not thinking I'd get through to the man in a million years, I called Walt Andrus, which you may know that a MUFON was actually started in Missouri. John Schusler and Walt Andrus were the founders of it. I got through to Walt, and I told him about some of my cases. I must have impressed him to the degree that he, over the phone, made me on a three-hour call, I might add, a section director and put me in touch with the gentleman, Bruce Whitteman, which was the state director. When I first contacted Bruce, Bruce said, well, you're not even in MUFON, and I don't know you, and you can't be a section director. So (laughs) we got to be friends, and then he put me with a very great gentleman, another man in the field that was well-known. Jim Cross was his name, an Air Force captain, and 
I worked with Jim for several years, and and that was my background in ufology. But I will tell you that when I got hooked up with Ted Phillips, that was a dream come true, and uh, he was one of the the legends in the field. And you know, he was Professor Alan Hynek's protege, and we'll get into that. But but that's basically how I got into ufology. Now, I of course knew Doctor Hynek slightly. Yes. I interviewed him a couple of times. I introduced him. This is kind of funny. I introduced him once to Charles Berlitz. Now, Charles Berlitz is the guy who wrote the book on the Bermuda Triangle, was co-author of the first major book on Roswell. And I got them to talk to each other in a hotel room in New York City. And the entire discussion was Dr. Hynek asking Berlitz how he could market his books. Because Berlitz obviously had sold a lot of books and had a lot of experience in doing that. So that was kind of a fascinating discussion. I wanted with you, Tom, also, before we go on and we look at Ted Phillips' work. Yes. And that is, you said you had experienced UFO sightings. Maybe we can spend a few moments about that. I think a lot of our listeners would be curious. Yeah, I virtually, as a young boy, I had a, a typical sighting. And, uh, you know, of a started out of a as a light one night in my backyard and uh, had some experiences that went on from there and uh, actually uh, got to my window, looked out, was looking in the field and had a, a typical what's known, you know, then and was known then as a gray, but uh, uh, actually come past my window and stare me right in the face. So it doesn't get much more dramatic than that, I will tell you. But that sparked my interest in the subject matter, of course. And over the years, I started taking cases in my community, my small rural town. And uh, and let me tell you, we had everything from possible abduction cases to oh, some of the most dramatic cases you can imagine and and that's when I shared these with Walt Andrus uh, I thought it was a mutual I thought actually he was using me for my expertise and what it turned out I actually believe he used me as a back door into my area because through him I found out years later that uh, Project Blue Book had duplicated some of the investigations and actually went into and talked to some of the people in my area that I had met. So uh, that was really, really blew me away because I had no idea at the time that Project Blue Book was in my area. And that was all confirmed later in later years with people I worked with, uh, such as Ted. But, you know, it's it's I've, I've seen in a rural community, I've seen people lose jobs. Uh, people would tell me things they wouldn't tell other family members, and to this day they won't. So the reality of the subject matter, it's, you know, it. most people don't understand the mindset that when this happens to someone, where they go with this. And, uh, and they need to talk and they need to share this with someone. Let me so, go back, though, a little bit in time. Okay, you saw a gray pass by your window. When yes. did this happen in your lifetime? As a as a very young child, I would say I was 
in the first grade. And, uh, you know, my, my memory of it is just a brief one. It was one of shock, you know, that I actually seen this thing. And uh, I woke up the next morning on the floor and my father actually got out of bed and I had fell asleep on the floor underneath his bed. And I went and found myself in their bedroom and he actually got out of bed and stepped on my stomach. And of course, I didn't understand where his anger came from, but he was just, he was worried that he had injured me. And he actually stepped right on my stomach when he got out of bed and asked me why I was on the floor, of course, in their bedroom. So, uh, but that, you know, I, I, to this day, I, I remember a little more at times than other times. It's, it's hard to recall. And, uh, you know, I've I've worked with cases, and I've helped people go into regression sessions, and uh, I just never really cared to go, proceed that far with myself. Tom, we have to do our break. Tom Ferrario yes. joins us. He worked with the late Ted Phillips on physical trace cases, but now we see he saw a gray alien at the age of six, and this is getting more fascinating. With Gene and our special co-host... Tim Swartz, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Have you ever thought about turning your Glock, XD Family, or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine? 
It only takes about 30 seconds. The MacTech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no FFL or background check required. It's the world's most versatile pistol accessory. Build your custom upper today. Simply go to handgunconversion.com. That's handgunconversion.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Jose works on a farm. Safety is important. His boss calls 811 to determine where it's okay to dig. This protects Jose from hitting an underground line and from serious injury. Because Jose can't tell exactly where or how deep the lines are, he doesn't dig until 811 tells him it's safe. The most important thing is that Jose works safe and goes home to his family. For more information, visit farmsafe811.org. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue with Tom Ferrario. We'll get more into the work of Ted Phillips in a moment, but i got to focus on this. You were six years old when this happened. And the reason we bring it up here is because this happens to people. When they become experiencers, they could be quite young. Like two weeks ago, we had Joe Foster. And Joe has been investigating UFOs for a number of years. And he says he saw a UFO, or not really a UFO, but I think more like a monster or something. Was that what it was, Tim, at the age of three? Yes. Yeah. yeah. A monster sighting well, at the age of three. Yeah, that's what he That he distinctly... It through all his life remembers. Now you have an experience where you see the gray passing by the window. Do you remember like missing time or anything? Like just suddenly it's two hours later? In a, in a way, like I stated that I remember being at the window and then my next memory was being asleep on the floor in my parents' bedroom. Now, if that was just a random thing that I just, found my way after that incident in there. I don't really know. I know it was morning, and that's all I recall. And uh, so I don't really have anything I can I can label missing time. It's possible. And I did, like I said, I had uh, family members in my my grandmother had who grew up on a on a rural farm in Illinois, where my mother stayed after her father died. You know, my grandmother spoke of always going out, meeting, and speaking with the little people. Mm. Now, (laughs) 
I will tell you, in that day, in that time frame, people thought she was speaking of leprechauns or what was known at that time or was making this up. My mom I had spoke with and absolutely believes what she had said. And my mom had had some experiences when she grew up on this farm. So there is a little pedigree to this in my family, which so often I don't have to tell you there is. But at that time, it just wasn't as openly discussed as now. So, and I will tell you the people I've worked with in in the Mutual UFO Network and went out on many cases, investigations with Jim Cross, which was a captain in the Air Force and a pilot. One of the things you learn in your school, you never interject your own experiences, bring them up and discuss anything, personal experiences, to anyone you deal with. So I always just found it was much easier to put that in the background. And, you know, very few people even know that history about myself that I'm sharing now. It's just something was much easier to deal with when when nobody knew that, because, you know, when you're out, you interview people or witnesses, if that gets around, they're going to be asking you questions. And that's the one thing, you know, you never want. That was kind of my my reason for putting this out of the, you know, off the table for a long time. Okay, after the age of six, did you have any other experiences of note? No, no, I did not. Not personally, no, except till I got to Marley, I will tell you. <laughs> and uh, had plenty of experiences in Marley Woods, and everybody in our team did, I will tell you. So, but no, after that, that was the... The only time I I have any memory of. So, but as I stated, yeah, I do find. No, go ahead. I do find that aspect interesting, though, uh, Tom, because I mean, I've I've talked to a number of people over the years who have had experiences, and it tends to it tends to run in families. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's not uh, you, you know, know be, all, be all do all, but. Uh, Boy, it uh, you know usually if, uh, if somebody has an experience, you'll find out that uh, you know it uh, uh, their mom or dad or siblings have also had experiences. Yes, that's it's more common than not. I will tell you, and you know, uh, my my grandmother died at, when I was a very young age, and I didn't get to speak with her about this subject, and uh, I did with my mom that filled me in. And my my father filled me in on my grandmother, uh, every story she used to tell. So at least I have that. But, but you know, uh, it just personally, the only experience I ever had was the one. And working in the, in the field uh, with people, as I, as I said, you just learned to, to put that out and uh, – and one of the things that's working with Ted Phillips, you know, the investigator should never become part of the investigation or influence the the subject in any way, shape, or form. And uh, and you when you go through the schooling of being an investigator, and that comes down to simple little facts like when you investigate somebody, you know, you listen to someone and you want to interject, give them a sense of confidence and Little things like even when you're listening to them, you learn never even to nod your head in agreement with them because that could influence them. So even body language, you learn to filter out. So 
of course, you. it's much easier not to be able to be known for any experiences yourself or share anything. So, But that's the world you live in when you get involved in going out, taking cases, investigation. And no one was better at that, I will tell you, than Ted Phillips. <laughs> but tell us more about who Ted Phillips was. Yeah, Ted Phillips was born in Sedalia, Missouri in 1942. And at the age of about nine years old, Ted's main interest stemmed from his father worked in a radio station. And his father come across two gentlemen that were Air Force captains, bomber pilots, that actually were, they were over a squadron of night, I believe they called them night intruders, or uh, but his father actually got Ted an interview with these two pilots that had gone public about a UFO encounter they had, or what they used to call them Foo Fighters back then. But they had the experience of a, a disc overflying their bomber, and this thing was in prox like thirty foot proximity of their cockpit, and even made an air disturbance that upset some of the other planes when this thing just toyed with them out there. So when Ted's father got him an interview, and Ted spent several hours interviewing these gentlemen, uh, it doesn't get any better than that. And that's how Ted got in, in really involved, his, his interest keyed from that point on. And he actually met them again when he was 12 or 13 years old, I believe, and he so impressed them that the one pilot had got them the name of, he gave Ted Furnish the name of all the pilots, even the aircraft numbers, and uh, uh, a rundown, a log of all what each plane had seen on that mission. So, I mean, from the early age, Ted Phillips was involved in this to a degree that not most are fortunate to have. We have Tom Ferrario. He covered the mysterious Marley Woods area where things strange and unusual occurred with the late Ted Phillips. Our guest co-host is Tim Swartz. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. You 
USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Merry Christmas. An American ally is encouraging all Western nations to band together against China. In an interview with Global Television, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said, quote, we need to do a better job of working together and standing strong so China can't play the angles and divide us one against the other. Canada is among Western countries involved in a diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympics, as is the United States. Holiday sales this year are going to be more than double what they were last year, an estimated over $800 billion. That's according to the National Retail Federation. Travelers are running into more and more flight delays as the weekend goes on. There were over 3,000 canceled or delayed flights yesterday by American carriers. Worldwide, the number was over 6,000 cancellations and delays, and this is USA Radio News. Portions of the West Coast are seeing some wintry weather. Even San Diego is now expected to get a little bit of light snow sometime on Sunday. Most of the U.S. southern region is toasty this Christmas, temps in the 80s. Despite a Democratic White House and a Democratic majority in the U.S. House of Representatives, Democrats have not been able to get voting rights legislation over the finish line yet. Here's more about one of the big concerns now among party leaders from USA Radio's Brad Bernards. Enthusiasm among these key groups could be affected in midterm elections that are expected based on historical trends to favor Republicans. On voting rights, spokesperson Jen Psaki says the president is committed. It's a, it's a fundamental uh, priority for him. It's something that is essential uh, so that people across the country uh, are able to exercise their right to vote, to participate in the democratic process. From the USA Radio News, West Texas Bureau, I'm Brad Bernards. USA Radio News. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Okay, so... Ted Phillips gets involved in looking into the UFO matter. Where does Marley Woods enter into it? Now, I've heard the locations revealed for Marley Woods here. Are you willing to do that? Well, the location is not really revealed, the actual address and everything. And we do that not to be cryptic or anything. We do that for the protection of the property owners and all the witnesses that Ted agreed initially Because unlike so many that say these people are out for personal gain or for publicity, Ted had over 220 witnesses at Marley and in close proximity 
that the only way they would speak to Ted is if he would keep them in their identity closed and the location, of course, to the property owner. Now, we did say, we did finally come out and we admit it is in Missouri. And for a long time, we wouldn't even give that out. And I will tell you, there are a lot of people that have found, thought they found Marley Woods. There have been a couple of people that got out there. And I will tell you, the prop it's all fenced in. Property owners have caretakers that have guns. And the one property owner actually has a relative that's on the sheriff's department. So when they find someone out there, it's not going to gain you much because you'll probably end up being arrested for trespassing. Or possibly there's a lot of valuable cattle in this area. You may be <laughs> arrested or even worse. So we just can't give out the exact location. And if you're familiar with Skinwalker, and I will tell you what they deal with, the security issues, it is a nightmare. And they have <laughs> even recently, and I am in touch with people yet at at Skinwalker, because we can go into that later. We did have a connection with Skinwalker through Robert Bigelow at one time. Whoa, 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 uh, the Robert Bigelow thing. Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to go into that before we do much of anything else. Let's go back to Marley Woods after that. Now, the reason we mention Bigelow at all is because just a few weeks ago, Colm Kelleher, who was a longtime associate of Bigelow's, was on the Paracast in connection with a new book, about Skinwalker Ranch, but also about the Pentagon's UFO investigation, because as you may or may not know, Bigelow got the $22 million that the Pentagon yes. authorized for UFO investigations. And in turn, when he contacted MUFON to help with the investigations, the money MUFON was getting came from the government. But okay, how did you come into contact with Robert Bigelow? I will tell you, and I wish Combe was on there tonight. I, I know Combe. I worked with him, and he spent time at Marley Woods. And we did have a connection with Robert Bigelow, and that came through an engagement we had at a MUFON conference we were speaking at years ago. Robert Bigelow was there and uh, was so captivated by Ted and thought we had another, you know, had another <laughs> Skinwalker Ranch from everything he he heard from Ted's lecture that he was so interested in it. He spent time with us, and we we got a working relationship for a while. And uh, and unfortunately, it did not work out. It was a matter of let's just say control of materials. Well, uh, okay, okay. Well, that we're familiar with with the case of Mufon that Bigelow wants to run things. Yeah, it's. And it wasn't to the degree that most people think. It was just that Ted was very protective of all his material in his investigation. And he just felt that if he couldn't keep everything under wraps and control it the way he wanted, he just wasn't going to go any further with someone. But as I stated, they spent time with us. They, they experienced things. And, you know, at this point, I just... I would just got to mention the part where through Ted, of course, working with Alan Hynek, of course, you know, uh, Jacques Vallée, Jacques Vallée came out and worked with Ted and I, and actually Douglas Trumbull, the special directs, you know, that did all Spe the special effects on 
Close Encounters in 2001 Space Odyssey. Sure. Was making a bunch of equipment to monitor, try to catch laser-guided, high-tech, you know, very valuable equipment, camera devices. And he actually spent time with us at Marley Woods. And and Jock Vallee, we were so fortunate because Jock was a friend of Ted's, and he spent time with us. And, you know, from what they walked away with, including Combe and and Jock, wanted to always come back and spend more time with us. But as Jock says, there was a higher case for high strangeness in Marley that he felt, and even at Skinwalker, because... What you see on Skinwalker now, the TV show, I will tell you we had that and more. They're experiencing things now that we dealt with several years ago. And we do have a connection. I can't go into that too deeply, but we are working with people. Uh, We're trying to get Ted's work out to the media, and we are working with people. And we do have a connection with with the people that do the Skinwalker show right now. So... All I can say on that issue is stay tuned, and we're working with other people that are working on uh, another part of Ted's life, which he devoted to. It was either Marley Woods or Moonshaft, and uh, that's a whole other ballgame, but, but we're working on people to do the Moonshaft project and bring that out to the public. What, what pray tell, is Moonshaft? Well, I'll just encapsulate that very briefly, and... Uh, and this won't sound brief, but but this is what basically what Moonshaft is. There was a gentleman named, and this goes back into World War II history. There was a gentleman named Anton Horak that came from a mining family in Slovakia. He was a mining engineer that had several degrees in mining engineering, spoke seven languages. When the Nazis took over Slovakia, they they took his family, mines, and acquisitions, everything away from the family, and actually tried to, well, they actually did arrest him and the family, and he got out, he escaped, and became part of the underground, and the gentleman, as he escaped with some of his men, he got joined and became in the underground. He became a, a captain in the underground. And him and four of his men escaped. And, and one of them was actually shot and killed. And the other three and himself were wounded. And they found themselves in a mountain mountainous area of Slovakia. A sheep herder in that area found him, picked him up, took him to a cave, hit him in a cave, told him not to go any farther, and to this day you can't go in, a, in, go in a cave in Slovakia. It's actually against the law to to go in and explore caves in that part. But as they told him, they covered the opening of the cave and told him not to come out, and they brought him food and water. Uh, Anton Horak, just to kill the, the boredom in that, he started exploring the cave. As he goes through this cave several days, he comes into a larger a, a really a huge cavern complex and he finds what is a, a crescent shaped black onyx polished like device which is goes up from the ceiling of the cave down into the floor of the cave it has stalactites stalagmites growing all over this thing which that denotes the age of this thing it has a crack and a fissure in it 
So on one of his trips there, he squeezes through, has to remove most of his clothing, gets into this device, which he describes the walls of this device as being seven foot thick. And the man knows geology. He knows machinery from the mining operations he ran back in Slovakia. But he gets in this device in the period of three days exploration going back into this. He digs into all the debris, finds fossils, cave bear teeth, fossils of a cave bear. Hey, and, we're going to uh, do more. We're going to learn more about Moonshaft. Then get back to Marley Woods. Every time you ask Tom a question, there are 200 more questions that arise. With Tom, Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Pericast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com complement your health with hemp derived cannabinoid oil we've always believed that the closer to earth the better it is for our bodies our hemp derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid rich full spectrum and organically grown finally hemp made easy clean and effective gcnhemp.com or call 877-878-4203 that's right we cut through the red tape it's now available at gcnhemp.com or call 877-878-4203 what if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it you can with great wall of fire fireplace grates our u.s patented made in america wall of fire grates increase fireplace efficiency eliminate fireplace smoke problems and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee see our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364 fireplace heat without fireplace smoke walloffire.com first we decide where we want to go Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. 
Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. An important message from Byram Healthcare. If you live with diabetes, you know how challenging and painful it can be to manage your blood sugar. With private insurance, Medicare, or Medicaid, that can all change. If you test your blood sugar four or more times a day and inject insulin three or more times a day, you may qualify to receive at little or no cost, less copays and deductibles, a continuous glucose monitor, providing blood sugar readings with no uncomfortable finger sticks. It alerts you in real time to potential spikes with your blood sugar levels. Byram Healthcare is a leading U.S. provider of continuous glucose monitors. We carry most major brands and will work with your insurance to get your benefits approved. So if you have diabetes, call a U.S.-based Byram Healthcare Specialist now and see if you qualify. 800-535-6078. 800-535-6078. That's 800-535-6078. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Tom Ferrario, let us continue with this explanation of this thing within the cavern, right? Right, right. Basically, he squeezed through the crack, the opening, the fissure in this object that was seven foot thick, through days of digging with his cap in the debris, and this is all with a carbon arc torch. He gets to the bottom of this debris, and as he gets the debris, some of the fine dust, he feels warm air. He sees a what looks like a one-inch wavy grid pattern or grill in the bottom of this thing. The fine dust flies up, hits him in the face. And he puts his ear down to this metal grid, and he hears what he describes as the sound of heavy turbines running. Now, this makes absolutely no sense. It can't be. You have instrumentality that's eons old, self-maintaining, running, taking care of its, and for what purpose? It makes absolutely no sense. But the man would know what this is better than most. The time goes on. He uh, he does fire his military rifle at the object. He said it made a green spark and shot a, a shard off of this thing, which he hid in the cave for hoping he'd be back. Long story short, he gets back checking on his men. The rancher, that sheep herder, comes back, tells him that the Nazis are bombing this area and they're searching, that they, had, he, they found him a way out. One of the other individuals had died in the cave and left bandages in the cave, several feet of bandages, and they did a calendar they scratched on the walls of the cave. And he escapes with his other men, goes back after the war to try to find the cave and finds the cave. But unfortunately, from the carpet bombing that the Nazis had done in this area, trying to kill all the prisoners that were escaping in this area, Part of the roof of the cave had collapsed. That jumps to the the part of the story I will tell you where you might ask, well, how did Ted Phillips get involved in this? Well, this individual came to the United States, found his way, and moved to Colorado. And actually, an individual that knew Ted contacted Ted and 
got Ted got the whole story, and Ted was working with Alan Hynek at the time. Ted and Alan Hynek went and spent a week with Tone, Anton Horak, and Alan was so captivated by this. He told Ted, he said, "Man, we gotta we gotta get back to this. We gotta find this. This is one of the strangest things I've ever heard of." So years later, uh, Alan had set it up, and Ted got funding. He did go back once. After the end of the visit, he found the cave he believed was the right cave. The second visit, he got into the cave. He found several feet of the bandages. He found the calendar that was scratched on the wall of the cave. Unfortunately, uh, one of the original Slovak, which was the original sheep herder, a grandson was with Ted, and he was trying to crawl through this debris to get back to this part of the cavern, and Ted called him off because it was just too dangerous. Ted, on the third visit, was always going to go back with funding and plan to excavate this to a degree they could get into the moonshaft artifact. On the third attempt to make it back there, you guys probably know that uh, Ted had funding with an individual that Jackie Gleason at the time was very into paranormal and ufology, and Ted actually had contacted with Heineck, and, and Jackie Gleason was going to fund the next trip back there to do excavation. The geopolitical events at the time, the Russians got involved, and I will tell you the last time Ted got out of there, uh, the Russians actually met him at the airport, and they wanted him to get involved working with them to find, because it's a long story, but everyone in the area, the Russians, the Nazis, knew the the lore, the the rumors of this technology in the mountain. And the Russians wanted it as bad as the Nazis or worse. So Ted did have a little bit of a rough time getting out of the airport on his last trip out with them. And it's in the Tatra mountain range, which adjoins the Carpathian mountain range. And basically, Ted had a map at the time, and he picked out an area in the Carpathian mountain range. And Ted always said, I can just picture these Russians falling to their death because he drew an area in the Carpathian mountain range, one of the worst, roughest areas where he said the object was, which it wasn't. He basically gave that gave him that much so he could get out of there, and he promised a return trip. And I will tell you years later, even decades later, they were still in contact with Ted, wanting him to come back, and they promised they'd work with him on this project and like Ted always said, yeah, they'd work with me till they found it, and then that would be the end of Ted Phillips. But <laughs> there you have an object, a technology that is in this cave, this artifact, uh, documented. And I will tell you, Ted found out years later of others around the planet that similar to this, you know, for what possible purpose or reason is this technology there, this you know, self-maintaining instrumentation. It's just, it, it just boggles the mind. And I will tell you, Ted had pages of Anton's diary and I've got one framed, one of his drawings on my wall. And I, I look at that thing every day and I just, I think of that thing over there. And that was always our goal to get back over there though. You know, every time we hear about advanced technology in caves, yes. we think of Richard Shaver. Do you remember who he was? 
A little bit, yeah. Okay, he talked about a race of beings, two races, the Duros and the Tiros living within caverns beneath mountains and that the Duros are rather evil creatures. Now, this is nothing kind of like what you're doing there. You didn't meet any creatures or anything. But this moonshaft sounds really, really strange. There's no books about it, are there? No, there is not. And Ted always called it the greatest story never told. And we're working with people to bring this. uh, I mean, the whole history will just blow you away. I mean, Anton Hurek's family actually sold the first uranium to Madame Curie. So that's just part of the history in this story. Uh, But it's one of the greatest stories never told. And we're working with people to try to do a first documentary. And if it works out, maybe series to do the, the full history of how this thing got got because on one of Ted's his last time out of there there were some individuals that came to him and explained to him and actually had some woodcuts some drawings that of how this thing supposedly hundreds and hundreds of years ago the the locals in the area had seen this thing come out of the sky and embed itself in this mountain range and in the process of days they seen this thing just boring itself in some manner of speaking into the mountain to the point where there was just an indentation on the top of this mountain where this thing had landed. So, you know, you can draw your own conclusions from that one. So (laughs) now that's, that's an interesting aspect of this story. I don't think I've heard before because I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I remember hearing, reading this years ago. I, I, and I wish I could remember the source, you know, of where I, where I read this, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, but again, though, uh, uh, Tom, I mean, that, uh, that goes back. There are similar stories all over the world of, of things coming down and embedding themselves into the ground, and then, you know, like the locals consider that area then, you know, taboo. Yes, absolutely. You know, and and you can go back and follow that uh, rabbit hole. You know, you can go back even to <laughs> Admiral Byrd's hollow earth theories. And, uh, you know, it's uh, his claims. And, uh, and, you know, in ufology, we had that at Marley Woods. Uh, a lot of the locals felt the light ball activity was stemmed from caverns near Marley or at Marley. And, you know, we even got to exploring caves out there at Marley. And we did find some large cave complexes uh, joined to Marley. We never found any openings or uh, actual caves on the grounds themselves, but we found cave complexes we felt went under Marley. So, you do have a tie-in there that the locals always had thought there was a, a possible tie-in. Of course, then again, it is Missouri, and Missouri yes. is full <laughs> of <cake. laughs> We got more with Tom and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. 
I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're exploring the caves. We haven't gotten much into Marley Woods except for the Robert Bigelow connection, the fact that Jacques Vallée had visited it. Then we're talking about this moonshaft. Well, let's get back to Marley Woods because we're already a third into the show. Marley Woods now, it sounds to me like very much a farming community. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. It's uh, very big in beef cattle, I will tell you, ranchers. And Marley Woods, just to give you an idea of the area that our small team dealt with at Marley, it was two ranches. One was around, I would say, 11, 1,200 acres, and the other one approached 900 acres. And it's still growing to this day. They're still buying property to try to nail down basically anybody from – it's a, more of a security issue than expanding the ranches for the beef cattle. But it actually, what we dealt with was two miles east and west and three miles north and south. Now, (laughs) in a rural area that is, you're basically, what we dealt with was gravel roads off of county roads that turned into dirt roads and trails. And it's all heavily fenced, you know, uh, locked, gates, double-chained. So the high-activity areas... You have to know where they are to get to them to really experience what goes on. But that's not to say that things don't pop up anywhere on Marley. 
that gives you an idea of the ranch and what Marley Woods entails in, a, in the physical structure. Now, of course, I'm just thinking here. Okay, it's possible my next steak dinner came from Marley Woods? <laughs> At one time, I would tell you, yes, not so much anymore, because over the years, and the ranchers are getting older, and they have lost a few. One rancher has lost his wife over the years, and they're getting older, and it's a process of just slowing down on the ranch, on the pr- production of cattle, and and this is the unfortunate part. The other thing enters into this is there's over the years there's been so many cases of cattle mutilation that just quite frankly the ranchers are tired of it and they're tired of confronting this issue. So that's another factor. They have a few cattle there now for their own personal needs, but that's basically it. Oh well, no steak dinners from Marley Woods. Let's talk more about this area. Let's look at history. When did the people there first become aware that strange stuff was going on, or is that throughout their memories? It is throughout their memories, and Ted had tracked this back. We had went back decades. Uh, this is several generations in the families that have experienced this area uh, to the degree where actually no family member that ever lived on this properties had not not had experiences or sightings. And we tried to go back into Native American culture and lore in this area. We just recently found out there was a big encampment of Native American presence in on Marley at a spring, which we we were not aware of at first. But but there is no, you know, there's no representation, of course, in this area anymore of Native American culture or Native Americans living in this area. So we couldn't couldn't go there even with the University of Missouri to try to get on Native American culture in this area and we just couldn't go there to any degree but as far as recorded history with the ranchers this was always prevalent on these ranches so and I mean you're talking back in the 20s the light ball activity phenomena uh, like what they used to call twinkle lights which would light up a field at night and uh, would just look like the whole field would just sparkle with lights. I mean, local people in the area would go there as a form of entertainment on weekends and have picnics there and use the light balls and the strangeness as a, you know, for entertainment. So <laughs> so it, it just goes back to as far as we can track it, you know, and, and the next question people ask, well, what? Like Skinwalker, what sets this area apart from any other ranch or area uh, like Skinwalker? And they're asking those questions now. And, you know, that's one of the things that drove Ted crazy was we could find no reason that set this area apart from any other ranch or piece of ground in that area or anywhere else in Missouri. And, uh, there's a lot of theories, but and just like they're facing now at Skinwalker, they think they have some theories. Uh, but but we could find no really known reason what what made this different, you know. Uh, but 
But I will tell you the high strangeness we could get into. It goes on to so many aspects, and it goes in from light balls to unseen forces to cryptids to uh, just structured craft sightings. We know something, Tom. I wouldn't want to live there myself. Now, I could see why people who are cattle ranchers might not want to continue with that way of making a living. But for anybody who lives there, it must be pretty awful if all that stuff's going on. Well, you know, it it is. Some of the older people seem to have a sense when these things are going to start. And, you know, some of them look at it as being demonic, and they will lock themselves in their house and not go out. Others, like I stated, they'll think of this as a form of entertainment, and they look forward to it. And they'll go out to watch these things and watch the light balls and what they call twinkle lights and um, another phenomenon called light beams, and uh, which is not a – that's one of the bad guys we could get into later, but – you know, and then you get into the people that have had the cryptid experiences with, and one of the only Bigfoot sightings in the, uh, in the county was in just very close proximity to the property bound boundary at Marley. Uh, so, and you know, that's an area I just like to just state now that, you know, when Ted Phillips got into this with Alan, he was the... Jacques Vallée did the the software engineering. The, he did the, the paperwork. He worked with Alan, uh, did all the documentation. And Ted was out in the field doing all the physical trace, actually going out, measuring compressions, taking soil samples. And that's where Ted wanted to be. He loved the physical, the nuts, nuts and bolts of the case with structured craft. So... This did not come easy for Ted to move in a realm. Uh, and he actually had a little bit of an outing with Alan Hynek in the beginning, because as he said, Alan and Jock were so far ahead of their time. Uh, they got into the proving and thinking that a lot of this was dimensionally based, frequency driven, as they put as they put it. And Ted just wanted to deal with the compression test, you know, figuring out that these things weighed seven to, you know, a 30-foot disc could weigh weigh anywhere from seven to 13 ton uh, and do the science, you know. So when Ted got involved at Marley, uh, he more and more got into the realm where Alan and Jock was, and that's why he requested Jock come out and work with us. Uh, because this stuff was all, and through our own experiences out there, what we witnessed, uh, you know, this stuff, when it's out there, it's just as real as you and I are. And when it's not there, you could go through this ranch with a thousand men hand to hand and you wouldn't find anything. It's, it, it really, it gets in almost to what Ted said was the paranormal part of this which is where he never wanted to go before. Okay, Thomas Ferrario worked with Ted Phillips exploring this ranching area called Marley Woods in Missouri. All the strange stuff going on there with Gene and Tim, you're in. (laughs) The Paracast.
listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. You've heard that supply lines are down or moving slow. Or moving slow. And that most everything costs more these days. Costs more these days. But good news. High-quality Sunny Bay products are in stock and ready to ship now because they're made in the USA. Like our extra-long neck heating pads, they provide soothing relief to painful sore necks and backs, are microwavable, and come in a variety of colors and patterns. What a great gift! An extra-long neck heating pad from Sunny Bay, also available in lavender-scented. Buy now in time for the holidays and avoid any shipping delays. Available on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, and Sunny-Bay.com. Just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. They're great for men or women, are reusable, and easy to clean. So this year, give the gift of pain relief and extra long neck wrap from Sunny Bay. Remember, just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Order now when our stock is high and shipping is fast. And happy holidays from Sunny Bay. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now 800-503-8625 800-503-8625 we all have heard about the benefits of fish oils but what about the presence of heavy metals pcbs dioxins furans and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish gcnteam.com recognizes this risk and offers ifos certified tested omega-3 fatty acids epa dha Insist on IFOS Omega-3 Fatty Acid Certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. 27 and a half voices from Tim Swartz. That's one quarter of a voice, right? That's right. <laughs> There's more, but it's behind a paywall. <laughs> Let me ask you a specific question here, Tom. How yes. did Ted and Jacques and J. Allen Hynek get to become accepted in an area like Marley Woods? It would seem to me the local populace would just want to keep the outsiders out. Of course, Allen, unfortunately, had passed away, you know, before he ever Ted got involved in Marley, and so he did not know of this particular place. He knew a place was like it, of course. That's why Alan got into his own, why he parted, you know, from the government for more than one reason, because everything he did basically would go down rabbit holes, and and he just wanted to to do the science and go where he wanted to go to prove this. And, uh, of course, Ted, when he got into Marley, and that's a whole nother story. I will tell you how Ted got involved and found out about Marley. Tim was going to ask you a question. Maybe after he asked that question, then let's find out how Ted got involved. Tim? So yeah, that that was my question. How did uh, uh, Ted first uh, uh, find out about Marley Woods? And uh, what made him decide that uh, this was something that he wanted to uh, look into? Well, I will tell you that initially... Ted wasn't too interested in Marley. And what had happened was the property owner had experienced so much and he was wanting answers and to try to get somebody out there to, to do the science and try to document this stuff. And he finally found, absolutely found a unique guy, gentleman. He contacted MUFON and he got a hold of Bruce Whitteman, which was the state director at that time. The one property owner is just a prolific writer. He writes journals. He takes photos. It just, I mean, the guy, he, he does the work of a, of a scientist, and he doesn't realize it, really. And he had turned over some of his journals and photos to Bruce Whitteman at MUFON. And at the time, Ted was actually in and out of MUFON, working with MUFON over the years, and this particular time, Ted wasn't involved with MUFON. He was working, again, with Alan in different things and uh, following up on some work that Alan and him had started. So anyway, Bruce called Ted and told Ted about the situation. And, and Ted said, well, lights in the sky, strangeness, stories. He said, I'm just busy. I, I don't know. So he said, you know, mail me some of the journal and some of the photos. Well, when Ted got exposed and got the journal and started reading the accounts of the light ball activity and seeing some of the, the photos, what keyed Ted's interest so bad or got him so excited was the light ball activity got into the coloration of the light balls. People really don't have a knowledge of how much Ted filled in for Alan Hynek when, when Alan was had prior engagements or his health wasn't that good. Ted went all over the world investigating cases that Alan could. And one particular case that that Ted got to, and actually it was in Vietnam, but the case he was involved in there with the red light balls and how 
the amount of energy the red light balls exhibited and what they did to a village there. And when Ted read the reports from Marley, it's so correlated with the red light balls, the unseen force, uh, cryptids, and it, it was like he was reading a page uh, that he had written about his cases overseas. So, like Ted said, he said, man, he put down what he was doing, and he called up the rancher, and he got out there the next week. And virtually from that point on, that's where Ted spent the rest of his life in research, was in Morley Woods. So then uh – how did he? Uh, how did he get you involved in Marley Woods? And I and I know that um, you have uh, diving experience, and that was uh, one of the aspects that uh, that he was wanting to uh, look at. Am I correct? Yeah, we had some we had some farm ponds and water, which is so connected with ufology. I will tell you that working with MUFON, that I believe two thirds of ufology will connect with water bodies of water in some way, shape or form uh, when you get into the cases. But, and that goes back to Ted's testing. Oh, so many cases with, uh, and he had worked with a, with a woman that, uh, named Phyllis Budinger, which did all his lab work initially. And she's been on a lot of shows over the years, uh, her expertise and, uh, but it even involved things that so often there were things that were similar to what she described as as pond scum or at different uh, compounds found in in water. And uh, so there was that. But then basically Ted got me out there to to put up the security cameras, run wires, uh, do the installation of the monitoring equipment and uh which I will tell you at times, we had an old windmill we put them up on out there. We used as a camera platform, and at times these light bulbs would go between the the windmill, and uh, the property owners were so great to Ted, they built him actually a two-story structure to live in when he was out there in an office with a big deck around it. And when the light bulb activity would go between the building and this windmill, I mean, it, it wasn't uncommon for him to burn out circuitry and cameras. Mm. Uh, we had banks, uh, and this will date the time we did this in some of it, in the early days. Uh, it would We had racks of VHS tapes in the office upstairs in this room. Uh, the EMF, the, would, this, when this would come through there, we had tapes wiped clean as if it was professionally done. Uh, so... We dealt with that, and uh, but that's basically how I. It was a practical relationship at, in the beginning with Ted. I would, I would do the the grunt work, putting the cameras up and changing them out, and uh, and then we got to be close friends. And uh, but but that's basically some of the, and you know we can get into the high strangeness areas that uh, it's just. It's just incredible the amount of activity, and and that again, I will tell you that that's why uh, Jacques Vallée himself said the 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 potential for high strangeness in Marley he felt was greater than at Skinwalker, and he spent a lot of time at Skinwalker. Let uh, me ask you a question here quickly because we're going to split for a quick break, and that is, if I go to Marley Woods, they let me in. 
Am I assured that something weird's going to happen and that I'm going to see it? I, I will tell you that if you spend enough time, uh, we have people that have made been out there that have made three visits before they actually experienced anything. And then we've had people that have come out there and before they were even out of their car, uh, they've experienced things. And, you know, it's kind of like Jock and, and Douglas said, you know, if, if we could get this stuff to be on cue and work with us, uh, it wouldn't be real. Hey, before so- we have anything else that's real. Tom, Gene, Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. It may be the first time there has been a rocket launch on Christmas Day. Decollage liftoff from a tropical rainforest to the edge of time itself. James Webb begins a voyage back to the birth of the universe. That as the world's largest space telescope blasted off from Europe's spaceport in French Guiana, the James Webb Space Telescope's mission, explore the universe for exoplanets and study their atmospheres. President Biden marking his first Christmas in office with greetings to service members stationed around the world, telling them while First Lady Jill Biden was at his side. I just want you to know how much we care. We're grateful for your courage, your sacrifice, not only your sacrifice, but your families. Speaking on a video link from the White House, Biden called the men and women on active duty the solid steel spine of America. This is USA Radio News. All the information's not in yet, but with last-minute shoppers still prowling stores online and in person, holiday sales this year are estimated to go well over $800 billion. That's according to the National Retail Federation, which says holiday sales between November and December may be up as much as 11.5% from last year. Sales estimates for 2021's holiday season predicted to be between $840 and $859 billion. FlightAware says U.S. airlines have canceled or delayed nearly 3,000 flights now since Friday. More than 5,900 have been delayed or scrubbed around the world. There are no major problems at any of the airports in the United States, but it's the airlines which are facing lower staff numbers because of COVID-19. And there's also some bad weather afoot, especially out west. And this is USA Radio News. 
For over 20 years, Extendivite has been helping people. Here is a testimonial from Amazon.com. Glad I found this product. I am 51 years old and started getting headaches a couple of times a week. I went to the doctor and my blood pressure was a little high at around 150 over 95. I found out about Extendivite and I ordered some to try it. Immediately, I felt better and it lowered my blood pressure and my headaches went away almost instant. I have been taking it now for about four months and I am so glad I found this product. You won't be disappointed. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. The point, Tom, is that with Marley Woods, it may happen frequently, but it's not predictable. Exactly. Exactly. The type of event you'll have, we have a lot of what we call one-timers out there. Now, The most repetitive thing we have in Marley, I will tell you, is the light balls. The light balls, second to that, would be what we call the light beams, and they have been known for years. Then it goes into an unseen force, which that is about the third most common repetitive thing. And then when you get into the cryptids and the strange animals, we have a lot of one-timers. We have events that happen that no one's ever experienced out there. One of our cryptids was a large, and this sounds so strange, you hate to even repeat this stuff, but it was described as a large polar bear slash sloth, pure white animal, that one of the ranchers who can estimate cattle on the hoof within poundage estimated this thing weighing over, well over 400 pounds, maybe 500 pounds. And he actually shot this thing, it had been seen twice. He shot at this thing. He claims he had made it red. We got out there two weeks later in that area and a brand-new four-strand barbed wire fence. We pulled off 16-inch white hairs off the bottom strand and top strand of the fence. We casted tracks. We found it. Ted estimated also the weigh probably approximation of 500 pounds. Ted had sent this hair into Phyllis Budinger. They did microscopy on the hair. And he had another friend, uh, her estimation, it it came back, microscopy, no known match. He had another friend that offered to do some work with it, and he sent it off. And this particular lab was doing, at the time, very crude DNA work at the time. It so excited these people in this lab that, and of course, we didn't have the money at the time to do DNA work, so we couldn't do use the documented data that they came away with on that, we couldn't pay for it, but they did tell us that the very crude DNA work also came back no known match on these hairs. So there is that. 
Tom, I want to ask you real quick. I've seen online there's a picture that was uh, supposedly taken at Marley Woods of some kind of creature on four legs. It was very light-colored blonde with kind yes. of an elongated head. Is that the creature you're talking about? That is it. And oh, okay. that is the only picture. It's very poor. That is the only image. The rancher's daughter took that the second day it was seen. We're glad we have that. That's all we have. But the reports of this creature in the area from that, that week is that this thing walked on its two legs more than it did on all fours. Hmm. So, and the other issue that just, when you get into details, and that's why the questioning that Ted was so good at with a rancher, Ted picked up on the rancher when the rancher said he shot this thing and made it red, and the rancher said it went through the fence. Now, we got to the fence, we found hairs on it, but the fence was undamaged. So we got back to the rancher, and Ted said, you know, I know, would you like to change that statement? I know you said it went through the fence. And he said, well, Ted, that's what I meant when it, I said it went through the fence. I don't mean it went over it or under it. It just passed through this fence. And he said, it just like it just dematerialized and went through this fence somehow. So there you have that high strangeness. How do you explain that? But I will tell you that with what Alan and Jacques Vallée and Ted had come to believe in what we prove so often out there. And the one thing we came away with, and I just want to leave you with this statement, that I know you're probably aware of this statement, but Jacques Vallée, if one thing I learned from him, working with him, he said that we have evidence that the phenomena has the ability to create a distortion of the sense of reality are to substitute artificial sensations for real ones. Now, <laughs> what that means in a nutshell is these things have the ability to do what they want when they want. And that goes into the dimensional realm where it's been proven in their minds. And, and Ted finally, after all the years, came away that this was the only thing that truly explained it all at Marley and made sense was that this stuff is all dimensionally based and it's frequency driven now a lot of ufologists when you go in that realm you know they don't like that but but that's what we come away with and that's what we've proved and uh if i have to put my money on anybody i will put it on ted phillips jock valet uh alan Heinick, another gentleman named ray stanford i know uh so it just that so explains what we dealt with. Well, now, that had to have been so confounding at first, I'm sure, to Ted, who, I mean, you know, b before this, I mean, he was pretty much a nuts and bolts oh, yeah. type of guy. And oh, yeah. then having to deal with a, with a phenomena that not only seemed to exhibit uh, uh, intelligence, Yes. But also, you know, a paranormal type of intelligence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I will tell you, I had great issue with this. Uh, you know, back in the day when I, when I started, got involved with this, I was just like Ted. I, I love structured craft. Uh, the little guys crawling all over the craft. Uh, that's where I was comfortable. When you got into paranormal, and back in the day, if, if, if I had a witness or somebody 
morph into a Bigfoot sighting involved with ufology, I had a big problem with that. And I mean, I had a problem just like Ted. And uh, but you got to go like Ted said. You got to go where the science leads you. And Ted had the unique ability to. He had the mindset that he could do that. And despite his personal feelings and wishes that he would go with the data and the science and, uh, and that's where he ended up. So let's, uh, let's get into the most prominent phenomena there. And that was the, uh, the, the balls of light. Now I've seen some video that was taken there on the ranch. The one I'm particularly thinking of is, uh, uh, one, that uh, was taken at night, and there are, you know, all the all the people there yelling, "Wow!" as these lights appeared and disappeared. But also, the farm animals were oh, yeah. were really disturbed by yes. what was going on. Yes, yeah, and that was common. Uh, and the the rancher had a lot of actually one of his habit hobbies was raising peacocks. And let me tell you, there's no better watchdog or anything to give a response to something out of a norm. I mean, they are, they're uncanny, their ability to sense and perceive anything. Uh, and these things would start so many times with these peacocks would just start going off. And uh, I mean, they'd run into walls sometimes out there just going crazy when this stuff would start. But you're right, the the sequential light ball displays when you would have one light ball appear and sequentially you'll have sometimes six, seven light balls come out of one light ball. And uh, and then, you know, the, the white light balls, for whatever reason, seem to be the more benign ones. Uh, the amber light balls and red light balls seem to be the colors that exhibited the most energy and didn't. They were kind of the bad guys. And the blue ones sometimes also could exhibit a lot of energy. And, uh, but, but that's just, you know, what we dealt with out there. Now, now when you say bad guys, what, what do you mean? Well, as, as Ted found overseas and reports the when the red one, red light balls appear, uh, you know, some of the ranchers, when the white ones, they try to interact with them. And as far as, flashing flashlights at them or communicating with them. And, and sometimes there'd be a, you know, they'd, they'd always seem to exhibit, like you stated, intelligence. Let's break here, folks. Tom, Jean, Tim, you're in. The Pericost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. An increasing number of things are falling apart daily. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, and that includes food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take this moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. We're America's leader in preparedness. My Patriot Supply has earned over 47,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious food kits average 2,000 calories per day and last up to 25 years in storage. So it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a food kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for the news to tell you something bad happened again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. We've entered a time where sky truly is the limit and opportunity awaits. The Internet has become a platform of everyone's worldwide communications. Billionaires building businesses on platforms that didn't even exist a generation ago. But in the sea of noise, how can the voice of your business be heard? The secret is over 100 years old. Radio, 228% more effective than TV. That's 228% more effective than television. Brick and mortar and cyber businesses alike have found radio to be the most effective for building a brand and delivering customers. Learn the secrets of radio advertising by calling 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Tom, you're talking about the various characteristics of the phenomenon. Marley Woods, go ahead. Right. And 
you know, just through Ted's experience, he, he learned that, and he, he informed the ranchers that when the red light balls appear, you know, really don't try to mess with them. Uh, don't try to interact or do anything with them uh, because they're the ones that seem to exhibit vast amounts of energy and are capable. And usually the red light balls precede a phenomenon, what we call was the unseen force. Not always, but it was a good indicator that you were going to have an occurrence of the unseen force. Virtually what the unseen force was, this was a force that had knocked down people at Marley. It had knocked down steel gates that were log chained in the middle on hinge posts that were screwed into oak posts and twisted these link, these hinge pins and knocked. I mean, it was not uncommon for ranchers to go out and find these gates flat on the ground several times in certain areas. And here you have a log chain fence, double gate, long flat on the ground, no bends on it, no scratches, no indication of a vehicle pushing this thing down. It, what it would have taken to, to push these down and uh, flat on the ground. So this unseen force just has a, a power that is it's really unimaginable at times. I mean, this has come up and hit people on the back, knocked them into the ground to the degree that they're injured when they hit the ground and bruised on their back where this force hits them. So it's just a tremendous amount of energy. And as I stated, these unseen force, usually you have the red light balls before the unseen force occurs for whatever reason. And and that's just some of the energy-based anomalies at Marley that we have. And it gets it gets into realms that, you know, a lot of what we dealt with Ted had dealt with his early trips to Marley. He he had investigated cattle mutilations there, and uh, to the degree where he come up on one, and he asked the rancher, "How often does this happen?" And the rancher told him, "He said, well, Ted, come with me.'" And he took him behind one of the old barns there, and there was a a thirteen foot diameter pile, like six seven foot up high of bleach white bones that he had he had just thrown these bones from cattle mutilation that there was no predation on them nothing would touch these carcasses so there is that aspect in Marley too and it even gets more extreme on animal damage to animals uh there there's an incident called the horse barn incident which i <laughs> that's for not for the squeamish of heart but uh uh, well, I I know this story. You need you need to tell it. It's very it's fascinating. Okay, and I will warn your listeners uh, ahead of time that it's not a pleasant story. But and I'll just briefly run that down. And what that incurred was a uh, rancher there on site two. We called it. He had site one, site two, and site three. And on site two, the rancher came down from his his ranch house. And had an old barn there in Corral and had his favorite horse he, he loved. And he give it, had a habit of giving it sugar in the morning when he checked, run his fence line and checked in on the horse. Everything was fine. He fed it some sugar. He went down, went out, ran the fence line on foot, 
and was was inside of this barn the whole time. And actually, after about 30 minutes, he started back towards the house and he noticed the gate on the corral was ajar that went into the barn. And and he said, well, that's not right. So he gets in the barn and as he starts in the barn, he described this. The best way he could describe it was it was like a a, a slaughterhouse that this this perfectly good horse in good health was virtually in in pieces in this barn. It was hanging from the rafters. It was on the sides, the gates, the on the ground. It just had the appearance of it exploded. Now, he was within sight of this barn the whole time, heard nothing, seen nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. And, you know, what and for what purpose would anything do this to a horse? So, Unfortunately, at the time, and Ted always wanted to have us have a, a permanent presence, at least one or two of us out there. And we weren't out there at the time. And we got out there. Ted got out there first. And it was like three weeks after this incident. And I got out there and another team member of ours, uh, Adam Johnson, was out there. And we took soil samples in this barn. Unfortunately, the rancher, he had cleaned up all the large pieces he had burned. And we took soil samples, and there was still blood all over in this in this barn. But we took samples. We got them to a lab. And, uh, and really, the strangeness of it was that the lab, the work came back. They couldn't identify anything out of the normal. In the blood, there was no, you know, no real reason for this. But Ted, through his other experiences, and I might add overseas and another incident that he had come across, what Ted always determined, and he sent us off to people he had worked with before, they more or less determined that this horse had been, it was as if this horse had been put in a microwave oven virtually and exploded. Hmm. Now, and we did prove in some instance, and uh, actually some, and this is another area Ted didn't want to go into, and I'll tell you the reason later. But uh, there were some instances where personnel at the ranch, not unlike they're dealing with a skinwalker, that there were some of us injured. We had injuries, but we basically nailed down anytime there were any injuries, it was in the microwave spectrum that caused this damage. So... Unfortunately, we wanted to get out and do further testing on this barn, but when we got back, the rancher, it so bothered him, he had burned this barn down. He couldn't look at it anymore from his house. So, you know, it's just, when you're dealing with microwave radiation, it's just the nature of the animal that you don't have residual radiation. It's just like you put a piece of meat in your microwave oven, you don't have any residual radiation, or you, or you better not have. So there's nothing that's there, and it's like so much of this phenomena. It's When it's there, it's there, and when it's gone, it's gone. All you can do is do an approximation of the damage, you know, and the effects. Once again, though, that's, that's an interesting thing about this phenomena. You know, we've seen this at Skinwalker, and we've seen it here and at other places 
where whatever the intelligence behind this is, it seems to love to torture animals. You know, people may get shoved down, may, you know, like, you know, get uh, injured occasionally, but nothing like the way uh, the animals get treated. You know, you got the cattle mutilations, you got the horse exploding, you know, dogs are are crushed into bloody pulps. So, you know, what is it about this that seems to be bent on torturing animals? Well, you know, and even in this instance, was this a byproduct of a technology that they were using for some other purpose? Was it done solely for destroying this animal uh, with that type of intelligence, you know, you question that for what purpose, other than I will tell you, we do feel at times that we were the ones out in this, like Ted called it a living laboratory at times with dealing with this intelligence through the years, we felt like we were the ones being observed or being tested in several ways. And there is a fear factor. I will tell you that, we truly come away believing a lot of times that things are done strictly for to see how people and things will respond to great fear. Now, I mean, that in itself makes absolutely no sense either for this type of technology that, you know, that has this capability. But but that's what we came away with so often out there. Well, you know that's that's not that doesn't sound so unusual because I mean I've uh, I've just been you know reading a book recently about uh, poltergeist experiences and this is something also that a previous guest Paul Eno has written about where uh, whatever the phenomena is behind poltergeist, it seems to feed on fear and will do things to actually try to initiate as much fear as possible. You know, it's possible. These announcements with Gene and Tom and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S dot com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. He's echoing his inner Kermit the Frog, Tim Swartz. Hi, Tom Ferrario is with us, and we have further observations about the crazy things going on. Go ahead, please. You know, just getting back, that the one thing I do want anyone to come away with from this, all this strangeness and Marley and places like this, and like they're dealing with at Skinwalker, you're dealing with an intelligence, a definite presence that it's hard to describe that when you're in these locations, you feel it at times, it, it messes with you, it borderlines, like you stated, poltergeist-type activity, and I think I sent you a link. Uh, I got a great video I did with Jacques Vallée on his time at Marley with us. You know, he recounts the story. One of the things he remembers so well that happened in Marley with him and, and Douglas Trumbull, you know, it, it's more poltergeist type activity than not. And that was the incident where alongside our, our structure, two story structure, there's an old log cabin out there that the property owner used to use for hunting and camping. And when Douglas Trumbull came out, he, he brought a very expensive high tech piece of a camera equipment. This thing weighed the camera itself probably weighed over 80 pounds and it was, uh, self-motivated. It was early in the early stages of this thing would actually sense any movement and lock on it and, target any movement or any light anomalies in the sky and to save keep it out of the weather we put this in a log cabin with a with a picture window in the front of it and douglas locked this thing down on a heavy tripod real substantial tripod and we left it that night to to shoot out this window the whole evening and the next morning the prop or that night the property owner had the only key locked locked this room and the next morning, Ted, myself, and Jacques Vallée and Douglas, we went in the cabin, and Douglas went up to his camera, and immediately he turned to us, and we could see he was, he was really angry, and he actually, he virtually said, who the hell is 
messing with me on this. And Ted, I remember, asked Douglas, said, well, what's the matter, Douglas? And, and Douglas said, well, somebody got in here and turned the camera. The camera was locked down on a, on a tripod, and it had been turned, swiveled 90 degrees away from the window. And at that point, the property owner said, I have the only key. No one was in this room. And Jock went over and looked at the situation and, and actually said that I don't think anyone's messing with you, Douglas. I think this is just happened. So there you have a camp piece of equipment on a heavy tripod locked down. No one had access to the room and the thing is turned 90 degrees away from the window the next morning. So, <laughs> and you know, how do you explain that? We had that, that sort of thing going all the time with us in Marley. It just. That's, yeah, that was that. That was the. I, I was going to ask you the next question. Then you know, with all the equipment that you know you helped install and 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 put up, how often did you find that the phenomena would go on just right out of camera range, or you know, you'd turn the cameras off to change a tape, and then all kinds of things would happen. <laughs> oh know? yeah. Uh, Again, very happens all the time when it, when it comes when you're dealing with this uh, type of phenomenon. It, it, it always well, seems to know. No, <laughs> I can tell you that uh, that some of the people that dealt worked with us and some of the people at, at Skinwalker initially had experienced the same exact type of thing to the degree where they had so much activity in some of the the living structures out there back in the day when when Bigelow owned it. And, I mean, they got to the point where they had put up high-speed cameras. Now, this sounds as far out as you could ever imagine out there, but but it did prove a, a, a great point. And uh, they would put objects when this poltergeist-type equipment would mess with them, and they would take these high-speed cameras and put them on tripods filming things, uh, mundane objects like a deck of cards, uh, a set of keys on the desk in the table out there. Now, if you could imagine a scenario where you have cameras filming a desk with objects on it, that sounds, you know, so boring. And what could you prove with that? Uh, but they would go back and examine the footage and they had catalog. I mean, to a, a tenth of an inch, the, the objects on this desk. And they would find when they reviewed their cameras, these objects would have all, they'd be in different positions around the table. Now, they wouldn't have, on high-speed cameras, they could never catch these objects moving. Now, the only explanation for that, and there again it backs up Jacques Vallée's hypothesis that the only way that can occur is it's on a dimensional basis, that these things come in and out of our dimension and they're in a different position. Otherwise, you would well catch, no matter how fast they'd move, uh, you know, why wouldn't you have at least blurry images of these things moving around the table, you know? So <laughs> this stuff makes no sense and it's impossible, but yet it happens. And that's some of the same same things that we experienced at Marley, you know, with you'd lay your keys down or a piece of equipment or battery packs you charge 
uh, you take them outside to change out battery packs on equipment, and you'd turn around to grab the battery pack, and it wouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you'd find it later in upstairs in the desk drawer. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, until you've dealt with it on a firsthand basis, it just it's amazing. So was there ever any attempts to try to initiate a conversation with uh, whatever it was that was going on? I mean, you know, some some types of, you know, uh, communication. There there was a little bit of that. We did go through that one time uh, with a, one of the team members out there at one point decided that he would try to communicate with this thing with a uh, actually a light array uh, doing binary code with a computer operating these spotlights to a degree where uh, I will tell you that initially it didn't go well with Ted uh, because Ted's belief was always that you, you went in with as little a footprint as you could with this stuff and you didn't want to bring interject anything into this arena without, you know, that you might influence because he just felt that whatever you gain from it might not be a true reaction or uh, he just, and you know, in the early days at Skinwalker, they, when they first bought the ranch and went in with a heavy foot, uh, oh, a large presence, you know, moved in uh, equipment, trailers, uh, all kind of equipment, you know, the first couple months that, it just shut down everything. I mean, nothing happened. This this stuff, the intelligence or whatever, sensed this. And uh, for months on, you know, for almost a year, they didn't experience anything when they went in with this heavy presence there. And uh, and they learned, and that was Ted's belief, that you don't interject anything into this any more than you go in with as little a footprint as you can because you're there to monitor and try in this stuff on its own ground. And uh, he just wasn't a, a big believer in trying to uh, communicate because he felt if these things wanted to communicate with us, they're well able to do that. We're going to communicate something with you folks. And then Tom Ferrario and Tim Swartz and Gene Steinberg will be back. We will be back. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game, Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors. Find out 
out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build the red corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. A one-pound package of tea is $34.95 plus shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. That's shop, S-H-O-P, super, S-U-P-E-R-T-T-E-A dot com. So the complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5 California time. That's shopsupertea.com at 818-984-6100. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I thought in light of that, if there was an inner Arnold Schwarzenegger in Tim Swartz, which there certainly is not, we get the invitation. But obviously it's not. <laughs> Tom, I had a question for you here. Of yes. all the time spent in Marley Woods, do you take away anything that independent scientists can look at and study and say, that is weird? Well, and now this gets into an area that 
as I said before, there were things that happened at, you know, we haven't spoke about some things and Ted was of the belief that the investigator should never be part of the investigation. And there were things that happened to us out there that, of course, he gave us free reign to speak about what we wanted. But, but when you work with Ted, you knew if it wasn't his wishes, you didn't want to cross Ted. Or you, and we all had such a love for the man that we wanted to honor him. Last thing we ever wanted to do was, and you believe me, last thing you'd ever want to do would be get Ted Phillips mad at you. <laughs> but Yeah, but that's not the point here. The point is, did you ever go away with evidence that you can show an independent person, say, here's proof that something strange went on at Marley Woods. Well, I can tell you, this is like I was stating, one of the things that Ted didn't want us to share too much at the time, we did have injuries to our personnel out there sometimes. And, you know, unfortunately, that happened to Ted once, and it happened to me. Yes, I can take it away from that with... (laughs) I've got it documented, and, uh, you know, Ted and I, one night, we were out on a Site 2 on a dirt road, and we got hit with a phenomenon out there known as the light beam I told you about. And this pure white, and I hate to draw, you know, a similarity to close encounters, but but that's what it was. We were on a vehicle on on Site 2 out there, and a a pure white, uh, I noticed a spot like a spotlight or beam of light coming up behind the vehicle. It caught up with the vehicle and hit the vehicle we were in. To a degree, it was a pure white light. It filled the vehicle where you could hardly see in the vehicle. And I looked over at Ted and I I said, are you seeing this? And Ted looked at me and he said, well, hell yes, I'm seeing this, Tom. And we both jumped out of the vehicle at that point, which probably wasn't a wise thing to do at that time. And what we experienced was when we tried to look up, did not see a structured craft, did not see anything in the air. What we seen was a a shaft of light that was just this pure white, intense light retracting vertically with a definite cutoff end. Now, I know a little bit of light, lighting, and I don't know how you'd ever accomplish that. I don't know any technology that we have yet that could do that. But this thing retracted, and as Ted described it, it retracted into like a reflex action of the old camera lens, that that twisting reflex motion. It retracted into the sky and went into a pinpoint into this twisting action and was gone. And it was just, that was it. Now, when we got back to site one where we were staying that night, Ted, actually, I remember, he was getting his equipment out, and he got sick and got against the building, and he actually vomited. And at that point, I was not sick as far as vomiting or anything. And I, at that point, hindsight being as, you know, I wish that's what would have happened to me. But Ted got over that that night, and, and we went home. Two days later, we left and went back to our, our homes. And uh, within two weeks, my scalp, my hair, I could not touch the top of my head. It hurt so bad. And I went to my local doctor, and they thought it was shingles. They tested for shingles. It wasn't shingles. I was actually on opiates. It hurt so bad for a week, and it finally passed. Within a, a period of over a month, 
and I've got the photos of myself to document this. My hair went from dark brown to white and to the color it is today, which is white or blonde. In the summer, it does get more back to white. But now, had that been the extent of what I had happened to me, I, I would have been happy. I later years, I from that time on, I started having vision problems. Before we go on, how old were you when this happened, if you care to admit that? Oh, yes, yes. I was I was approaching 50 at that time. I was in my late 40s. Okay, so people can develop gray hair in their late 40s, but still. Yeah, but usually not over in a month's time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no. You didn't become Steve Martin overnight. Right, exactly. And um, had that been the extent of my problems... I started having vision problems. I went to my eye doctor, and he said, well, not only do you have cataracts, but you have a macular cyst in both eyes. And I didn't know what that was. And he said, well, that's worse than a cataracts. He said that they can take that out, laser that out. But the outcome of that surgery, it's, it's a lot more risky. You either get extremely good outcome or you can lose vision on that when they work with macular cyst and of course my question was as yours probably is you know what the hell causes macular cyst at that age and uh what is it and he said well it's usually something in in age older you know in your 80s or so people get that normally we really don't know what causes it it's just something that develops in older people and there is a cure for it, you know, and if you wish to try that. And uh, so I went to St. Louis, Missouri and had the one in my right eye wasn't that bad, the one in my left eye. And what it does to your vision is, besides being opaque, all your verticals and your horizontals look like letter S's. It's, everything's wavy. So everybody so, looks like Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it gets to be disorienting as hell. So anyway, I went in, and they removed the macular cyst and the cataracts in my left eye. The right eye, it wasn't that bad, and it hasn't progressed to any to be worse. So you let it go at that. But anyway, on my one of my follow-up visions, and this is why I really thank God I asked this on one of the the doctors there that did the follow-up when they took the bubble off your eye and release you when they check your vision. There was a young eye doctor there that was taking the bandaging off, and I asked him, I said, I said, man, I wish I could find out, you know, what do you think? And uh, one of the things, this young eye doctor that removed the bandages, when I asked him what caused this, he said, he said, well, we really don't know, and I got the same story, and he said, but the one thing I will tell you, the only time I've ever seen this in anybody that wasn't elderly, uh, we had a couple cell tower workers in here one time, and one of them wasn't, they were installing new microwave equipment on a cell tower, and this guy was up on the cell tower, and they kicked this thing on, not knowing he was up there, and they irradi irradiated this guy with microwave energy, and he, he walked away from this with a macular cyst and cataracts. Hey, we're going to no. continue with this. Tom, Gene, and Tim. I can see them for miles and miles. You're in the Paracast.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamGaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamGaday.com with longevity. TeamGaday.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Merry Christmas. Russian troops are reportedly withdrawing to what they call their permanent deployment points from the Ukraine border, and that's according to Interfax News. It's reporting quotes from the Russian military. The troop withdrawal only seems to represent a fraction of the upwards of 100,000 Russian troops, though, who are thought to be stationed near that border. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is encouraging Western nations to band together against China. In an interview with Global Television, Trudeau said, quote, we need to do a better job of working together and standing strong so China can't play the angles and divide us one against the other. The lead singer of the Marvelettes has died. Wanda Young was 78. And this is USA Radio News. The commander-in-chief delivers a Christmas video message with the U.S. troops around the world. As your commander-in-chief, I wanted to take this opportunity to say thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a poor substitute for what you're missing, but I understand. Uh, I just want you to know how much we care. We're grateful for your courage, your sacrifice, not only your sacrifice, but your family's sacrifice. President Biden was on a video link from the White House along with First Lady Jill Biden. Biden again calling the men and women on active duty the solid steel spine of America. As Christmas weekend continues, so do the flight delays and cancellations that have been going on now for several days. According to FlightAware, U.S. Airlines canceled or delayed more than 3,000 flights. On Saturday, more than 6,000 delayed or scrubbed around the world. Many airline workers are suffering with COVID-19, and there's been bad weather, especially in the western U.S. This is USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system, 
Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nanocolloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so microwave radiation. Yes. Has that condition been measured at Marley Woods at all? Because yes. we all agree, a lot of strange things have happened to people who are immersed in paranormal phenomena. Of course, we've talked about Cash Landrum, Rendlesham. Oh, yeah. Now you're telling us what happened to you. So did they check for microwave radiation sources at Marley Woods? Yes, yes. We, we observed that several times in various, nothing to the degree of the strength that would have accounted. But you can imagine when I come away with this, it set me right back to the horse barn incident, you know, that we deemed that was, and Ted's people deemed that that was due to microwave radiation. So when I got this, it was just a, you know, it was just a further proof in that, down that line, that that's what we were dealing with out there. And more even, I will tell you that people I've talked to now, and they're dealing with, they're, they're pretty much nailing down a lot of their their bad issues out at uh, Skinwalker of late is going down the microwave spectrum. Right. So, but then the question would be there, is there a natural source that can do this? Or is somebody from some secret government project playing games? Well, there is no natural source that's cap. Well, there is natural sources, but you're talking about, you know, different types of explosions and, uh, it gets into another realm that really that nothing had occurred out there in that realm, you know, as far as EMF or nuclear pulse uh, type of deal. So, I mean, usually when you have that kind of intense radiation generated, there's other signatures of other radiation that you can pick up on that is traceable, you know, by natural. So there really is no natural way to be, have exposure to something like that in that short, a, a brief a period. So, you know, you can go down that rabbit hole. Was that us? Was it the technology, whatever we're dealing with out there? You know, we absolutely feel that whatever we were dealing with out there, the intelligence and the capabilities that were there, the interdimensional aspect of this, that that's what comes through. And for what purpose? I don't know. That was one of the things that uh, we discussed in a previous episode where uh, we were talking about a, uh, uh, I think it was a Gina Stanford, uh, Stanford professor was uh, uh, researching uh, uh, microwave irradiation. And one of the cases that he cited had taken place at the Skinwalker Ranch. And the guy who, who was irradiated, I mean, he, this, this professor was able to prove that the radiation 
uh, hit him from the back, and it actually it caused, I guess, his scalp to separate itself from his skull. Yes, and created a lot of of of, of health problems naturally that I, I guess this poor guy uh, uh, still suffers from. So again, this is not unheard of. Well, it's not unheard of, and and this is states volumes on why Ted. We didn't even really want to share this with the with the ranchers at first because, you know, for several reasons, we didn't want to worry them as far as us getting injured. You know, of course, they had no responsibility in that, but we didn't want to worry them and share this too much with them. And we wish we would have because years later, uh, I did speak with one of the ranchers and I did inform him that what had happened with us out there. And at that point, one of the ranchers said, well, well, hell, I had that, Tom. He said that the ranchers and that, they've all gotten close to these the white light beams, and they seem to be sweeping or hunting the, the fields and the woods sometimes for, like they're searching for something. And, and when they've gotten in close proximity to these things at times, the one rancher told me, he said, well, hell, I've gone to the doctor a couple times, at what the doctor called, I had touchy scalp. And I asked the rancher, I said, well, you never, you never told us that. You never spoke about that. And he said, well, the doctor just said it would pass. And I, I said, well, what did he think it was from? And he said, well, he'd seen it in that area, different people at times. And he just, he called it touchy scalp or it was like a sunburn and, and it would heal on its own. So had we shared this information with them at the time, it would have been maybe very beneficial, you know. Because we had no idea that they had been experiencing health issues with some of this themselves. So always be completely honest and don't hold anything back when you're dealing with people in a situation like this. What about Ted Phillips? Did he suffer any health-related issues in that area so much? After that night, he had other health issues that I don't feel stemmed. They absolutely didn't stem from this exposure at all, I don't believe. I, I don't believe he had any effects after this that stemmed from this exposure that night, except getting sick that, that night. But, you know, it just hits everybody different. And like you stated, the Cash Landrum situation, you know, they had various health effects to different degrees, and they were all in the same, the same vehicle. Uh, so, uh you know, everybody's reacts different to exposure to different things, and that's it's hard to understand, but that's just the way it is. And uh, so, but and we had other people have other effects, you know, but nothing to the degree that we had personally that night. And uh, but uh, headaches, you know, you could come away with were common, feeling nauseated at times but not lasting. So it's just, and it, it, you know, it, it just goes in more sometimes to the paranormal realm. And there again, the dimensional aspect of it, you know, and uh, so it's just, it, it happens. <laughs> well, now we've, we've talked about, you know, like uh, strange lights and, and things like that, but what about structured craft? Have there, were there any sightings of uh, something along those lines? Oh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've had several sightings. Uh, 
one of the the very most dramatic sightings was, I believe it was in 99, 98. Uh, one of the property owners, they were coming home from town one evening, and uh, the property owner's wife seen this structured craft, which at in the beginning what they thought it was, and this makes no sense, but she asked her husband who was getting an oil tank delivered by helicopter. And getting an oil tank delivered by helicopter. Yeah. And, uh, because, you know, in her, her mindset, that's the only thing she could understand this was, but they've seen a large and several hundred foot long cylindrical flat black object with later, they would see would look to be rows of windows around it illuminated from internally with a soft yellow light. And, when they seen this thing moving, it at one point it completely stopped, and they observed this thing for over ten minutes. And uh, of course, they had no day before cell phones, cameras. They had no camera with them. Uh, they watched this thing, and it is one of the only known instances that Ted ever recorded that uh, that puts light balls in close. Let's just say that the interaction with this object, uh, they, the one, the, the property owner said that he's seen light bulbs coming in and out of the end of this cylindrical object. Now, that's the only time in all Ted's cases he's ever had any reports of light bulbs interacting with a structured craft. Hey, so, we're going to have more of this in our next segment, then we're going to continue talking with Tom on After the Paracast, but we're exploring the work of the late Ted Phillips and the various experiences that Tom has had, including some not so friendly, where he became almost like a Steve Martin. Now, if he only had Steve Martin's money. Tom, Gene, and Tim, you're in The Paracast. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you feel America is facing more dangers than ever, you're right. An increasing number of things are falling apart daily. That's why you need to prepare for more of the unexpected, and that includes food shortages. When people panic, grocery stores run out of food fast. Would you survive without food for days, weeks, even months? The smart folks are buying emergency food now. Take this moment to shop MyPatriotSupply.com. We're America's leader in preparedness. 
My Patriot Supply has earned over 47,000 four-star and five-star reviews. Our delicious food kits average 2,000 calories per day and last up to 25 years in storage, so it's there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, order a food kit or two, and we'll ship quickly and discreetly to your door. Don't wait for the news to tell you something bad happened again. Rather, be more self-reliant and prepared. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833 833- Eight four eight two five nine zero. That's eight three three vital ninety. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about ninety for life for years. Sixty minerals, sixteen vitamins, twelve amino acids, two fatty acids. You may not know this that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need ninety for life too. Get this essential pet product by calling eight seven seven two seven nine nine four two two. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill, M.D., discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com, or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. This is Jennifer Stein, executive producer of The Disclosure Dialogues. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, I've had cataract surgery, but I'm, I had it well into my 70s, so it's not something yeah. that would be unusual. I had my left eye done first, and then I had my right eye, and now I am bionic. Well, yeah, and you know, it's something that I really don't ever want to go to my eye doctor anymore because he gets so angry at me because my vision to this day changes. I have two sets of eyeglasses and some days I can wake up and I don't need, I can read the finest print. I can see distance. I absolutely have no need. And other days, the eyeglasses that I have don't begin to cover it. So my vision changes practically from day to day. So, you know, how do you deal with that? But basically, my eye vision is good, you know, most most of the time. So, you know, at that point, I just, it's hard to explain. And to this day, you know, I, I still research. They really don't know what causes macular cyst. But it happens. 
but it's just fortunate that I did get that input that the one time they had seen it was due to microwave radiation. Let me ask you, you were around Skinwalker Ranch too, right? Uh, No, no. No, we never got out there. Part of the deal was that they were going to take us out to Skinwalker, and we were going to spend time out there. And that was one of the things that kind of upset Ted a little bit was in reciprocation that they would bring a bunch of their people out with us to Marley. And let's just say that kind of stepped on Ted's toes. So that never happened. But they did come out and spend time with us uh, as far as Combe did. And we were forming a working relationship, and it just didn't work out. It never seems to. They had a working relationship they were trying to make with MUFON. Yeah. And that didn't yeah. work out. And again, apparently it's due to control. Now, when yeah. Colin was on the Paracast, I asked him about that because we had talked to a previous MUFON director, James Carrion, about it some years back. But Colin kind of played it down. He was trying to be too politically correct, but this seems like something that's not unusual in the things that he does. One of the questions I asked you earlier, and we really haven't gotten into it, and because we're wrapping up the main part of the show before we do the premium show, and that is the evidence. There's no website. If I want to see what evidence you and Ted and the people you worked with developed, where is it? Well, what you can do now, and I virtually we had a very wonderful website that Adam Johnson had built for us, one of our team members, and he he dealt in that world. And we were going to have a uh, we wanted to have our video cameras where anybody at any time. We were trying to get internet connection out there, and even to this day, it's hard to get out in this rural area. But we wanted to stream live data, live streaming video that anyone at any time could go out there and monitor our cameras and see what was going on. Through people we worked with, again, we had to take down our website at the time, and we were always going to get our website back up, and we couldn't. We never accomplished it before Ted passed. So what I do is if right now, and like I say, we're working on two shows, two different networks that we're trying to get all this out in a, in a series and a documentary that will bring all Ted's work out where he so wanted it to be for everybody. But till that time, and I'll tell everybody to stay tuned to that, had it not been for Covis and all the mergers in, I will tell you, in in the industry right now, there's so many mergers and everything. It's just extremely difficult to move projects ahead, even if you get the okay, which we have, that – Right now, the best way is I have on Facebook the Ted Phillips Marley Woods research page, which we put any pictures. And I do have a rancher from Marley calling me sometimes at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, usually at least once every other week. Sometimes once a week, he updates me on what's going on, sends me pictures and stories, his, his journal. And I update that on Ted Phyllis Marley Woods' research page, and I virtually use my own Facebook page in the same manner. It's just devoted to nothing but Ted's work. I put imagery, photos that we have there, videos on there, and I do have a YouTube channel. You can go there, and I post videos on there of our work and Ted's work. Right now, that's where you would go. Well, certainly we'll look forward to that. And maybe before we go into our premium segment, you can tell me what other areas do we look at 
for strange stuff like this, the mysterious Valley, for example. Yeah, that goes into a a good friend of mine, Chris O'Brien, I think you're referring to. Right. Well, Chris O'Brien was the co-host of the show for something like eight or nine years. So we know Chris very well. And I helped him a little bit in the production work for his book on cattle mutilation, Stalking the Herd. Chris has stayed at my house. We're good friends. And uh, we had another good friend, a gentleman named Ray Stanford in common that I spent time at Ray's house. And Chris did, too. He is another gentleman that you could do hours on that gentleman. Like to, but, yeah, Chris is going back all the way to the original Snippy and uh, cattle mutilations. And he is the, I feel, the, the expert on it beyond anyone else. I really do. And, of course, we have the work that Ray Stanford did. Ray's been on the PowerCast several times. And yeah, he still great. has information that we'd love to see him produce in more detail before he leaves us because his health has not been so terrific. Yeah, I know. I know. And I will tell you, you know, he ran Project Starlight years ago and wrote the book uh, Saucer in the Pentagon Closet, I believe. I will tell you, and he, he still has all the original equipment from Project Starlight, which was the first attempt, was laser-guided uh, photography of UFOs. He actually was involved in, in back engineering. And I will tell you some of the claims that Ray makes, as far out as they sound and incredible as they sound, I've seen a lot of the data and the equipment, and I absolutely believe everything Ray says. And that I know that sounds <laughs> questionable at times, but Ray is just such a knowledgeable, uh, self-taught You know, he's a self-taught paleontologist that has, you know, when you have finds in that field and uh, come up with new species, you can name them after yourself or whatever you want to name them. And he has several of those under his belt, but he is an amazing man. And uh, in the early days of ufology, he was one that was out, you know, with Lonnie Zamora in Socorro. He investigated that case, and at one time you had Ray Stanford, Alan Hynek, and Ted Phillips in the same arena out there on the Lonnie's and Morris in Socorro. Let me just tell our listeners, the book from Ray Stanford is Socorro's Saucer in a Pentagon Pantry, which he's talked about right here on the PowerCast, so we're quite well acquainted with it. So maybe we'll have him on again in the near future. In any case, we're going to continue talking with you on After the Paracast. In the meantime, once again, they check out your Facebook page and the Facebook page for Ted Phillips and Marley Woods, and they can find more of the work you do. Yes. We look forward to continuing discussions on that. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. We are also known as the Paracast on Facebook. But Facebook is weird. They won't let us post the URL for the paracast.com. Yeah. So if I say that on the air now, it's going to blow up the show. No, I don't, <laughs> nothing's happened. No, well, Facebook <laughs> is wrong once again. In the meantime, we also sell branded merchandise for Paracast listeners and anyone featuring four separate logos with the T-shirts and the throw pillows and all that good stuff. At really affordable prices, go to theparacast.shop theparacast.shop for more information. We also offer the Paracast Plus, which includes a package of 
the enhanced version of this show without the network ads, with enhanced audio, better audio, and the After the Paracast podcast, where we hear more from Tom. And we include that for a special low subscription price at theparacast.plus. We're offering, for a limited time only, a special coupon code. Write this down. UFO20, UFO20. If you use that coupon code for a five-year or lifetime Paracast Plus subscription, we give you 20% off just like that. Theparacast.plus. Thomas Ferrario, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Oh, glad to be here. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.